Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Producer Darren Vaught has the details of one more NBA trade near the deadline, and once again, it involves the Cleveland Cavaliers. I did promise you one number as we welcome Dan Bonner, who's on the call tonight for Duke's visit to Carolina for the ACC Network. Here's one crazy number. This is the 160th consecutive meeting between Duke and Carolina in which at least one of the schools is ranked in the national poll. Now, tonight, they're both ranked. But unless, if here's another way to put it. If you are 62 years old or younger, every Duke Carolina game played in your lifetime has involved at least one nationally ranked team, and usually both are nationally ranked teams. Last time it was unranked versus unranked was February of 1955. That's a long time. All right, Darren, quick NBA trade deadline update. And then Dan Bonner on Blue Devils, Tar Heels, and other college basketball. Well, I'll make it as quick as I can because it's a very, very detailed three-team trade. Uh, We'll get the the details later. At the end of the day, the Cavaliers are sending out Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder to Utah. And they are receiving... Rodney Hood from Utah and George Hill. Former Duke star. From Sacramento, correct. Rodney Hood, the former Duke star. So uh, a lot of shake. A lot of shake-up deals so far for the Cavaliers. Cavaliers today. have done a lot today. <laughs> Dan Bonner of the ACC Network, CBS, Fox Sportsnet, and others. He'll be on the call tonight with our old friend Tim Brando. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Thanks for waiting for us there. Well, it's, it's my pleasure, guys. I appreciate being asked. We'll talk Blue Devils, Tar Heels, of course. My statewide audience would kill me if I did not. But I I want your thoughts first on UVA, Dan. They easily could have lost for the first time in conference play last night at Tallahassee when FSU had a 10-point halftime lead. They don't flinch. They believe in Tony Bennett, and they have three great guards. When you think of the longer-term future, is there any reason we should not put the Virginia Cavaliers on the short list of those with the best chance to win the national championship? I don't really see any reason. A lot of people claim that their style means that when they get into the NCAA tournament, they'll play close games, and so that makes them more vulnerable to lose. But I would argue that whether the score is 65 to 63 or 95 to 93, you get in the NCAA tournament, you're going to be playing against really good teams. You're going to have to make plays, particularly at the end of games, and I think that's what we've seen Virginia do. They've made plays, and you got to tip your hat to them. We often talk about needing quality guards in March. Last night, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, and Devin Hall, the senior, took 44 of the Cavaliers' 55 shots. They made 7 out of 17 threes. They scored 45 of their 59 points. I know you need other things to win, but it just feels like those three guys are all even better than most of us thought back in the preseason when the ACC media actually picked the Cavaliers number six in a 15-team league. What, has, what have they done to build that reputation? But David, that's a very interesting question, and I think the answer to it, at least partially, lies in the fact that everybody, and I will include myself in that, underestimated them. Agreed. Everybody, there's a lot of people who are tied up in this myth that Tony Bennett is this genius coach, which he is, but this genius coach who does it with players who aren't really very good. And that's just simply not true. <laughs> those, three, those three guards are very, very talented. I, think, I can't think of any team in the Atlantic Coast Conference or anywhere else 
that wouldn't want to have any one of them on the team. And the key with Virginia is, to me, how well they play together, not only defensively but offensively. They, they continue to be one of the most efficient offensive teams in the country. They're just an impressive team that personifies the term team because they're just, they, as I say, they just play very well together. Dan Bonner joining us on the David Glenn Show. Eight o'clock or so tip tonight. Remember, this is one of those games that is so big. Much of the country will see it on ESPN. Our part of the country and others will see it on the ACC network. Tim Brando and Dan Bonner, our guests now, will be on the call for Blue Devils Tar Heels tonight. Since you have been based in other parts of the country, sometimes we're accused here in our statewide audience of overhyping Duke Carolina. And yet I remind folks, there are national media outlets who have described this rivalry as the greatest in all of American sports, not just college sports. How do you, as sort of a relative outsider, describe the bigness of this rivalry? Like, are, do you have extra butterflies, Dan, as you head to the Smith Center tonight to call the Blue Devils against the Tar Heels? I have butterflies before every game, but I will say that, yes, there's some extra ones here because this is, this is a big game. I don't know whether it's the greatest rivalry in all of college sports, but I think it's very arguably, and not just with people in the ACC area, but everywhere, that this is college basketball's greatest rivalry for exactly the reason that you mentioned before you joined me before I joined you, and that is that it's been 1955 since one of the two uh, wasn't ranked. Yeah. And when you have that kind of quality, competing for titles, uh, competing for number one seeds, uh, you have to say that there isn't anything else to which you can compare this particular game. It's incredible. Duke and Carolina have combined to win 38 of the 64 ACC tournaments ever held. That is almost 60% claimed by either the Heels or the Devils. As you look at this matchup tonight, what's the first thing you circle as the difference between victory and defeat? Well, I think that one of the things that you have to consider is each of these teams are very good rebounding teams. Each of these teams sometimes struggle to guard uh, North Carolina's three-point defense. Of course, there's been an awful lot written and said about that. Uh, and the fact that Duke really struggles to guard in the man-to-man -man at times, I think all those things work into play. So for my money, what that means is you got to get good shots and you have to make them. And that's uh, like a silly thing to say, but... As Nolan Richardson told me one time, there's only one statistic in basketball that means anything, and that's the score. And that to score, you have to have the ball. That's the most essential thing you have to have. So getting the ball, taking care of the ball, and putting the ball through the net, I think is going to be a key factor for each of these teams because neither one is going to shut down the other one defensively. I think they're, they're going to have to outscore one another. You were a player back in the day. Do you place any weight at all on the fact that four-fifths of Duke's starting lineup is true freshmen and they're playing on the road in a hostile environment on as big a stage as we see in the regular season? Or do you think modern-day freshmen are, are just you know, different with what they've seen, what they've experienced, and that's not really a big factor at all? I think it is a big factor, and I don't think, it's, I don't think they're going to be necessarily intimidated by the surroundings. I don't think that the crowd is going to bother them, but I do think that when you're playing in a game like this, that at least early in the game, 
you're going to have to develop, regardless of what your teammates have told you, an appreciation for exactly what this game is and what this game means and possibly the intensity level with which you have to play. And so if they can come out with that intensity level right from the opening tip, then it's not really a factor. But if it takes them four or five minutes or maybe even a half to get adjusted, then by that time it might be too late. So I regard that as a significant factor. We all agree anything could happen tonight, but I wonder in the bigger picture, just the ACC's place in the national picture, the national championship picture, in your eyes, is it kind of Virginia 1A, Duke 1B, and then everybody else? Or are the Tar Heels or anybody else in this league capable of the long kind of run that most of us now think the Cavaliers and the Blue Devils are both capable of? Obviously, I think Virginia and Duke are both capable. But I think what you have to consider is what we're talking about is actually not a long run. Uh, to win the national championship, unless, of course, you're in the first four, you've got to win six games. Yeah. And six games really isn't that much. So I think there are teams out there uh, that are very capable. I think North Carolina is certainly capable. I think it's possible that a team like a Florida State could get very hot. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's depending upon who matchups and things like that, teams even like North Carolina State. I mean, if North Carolina State goes out and they get – uh, Omir, you're seven to play really well on the inside, and they make 15-3. Yeah. Can you name a team for me in this country that they can't beat? That's a great point. So I, I so I, you know, it's it's you get in those matchups, teams get hot. Everybody has good players. So certainly, I think Duke and Virginia have established that they're capable of that kind of a winning streak. But I think that uh, you know North Carolina is certainly up there. I think that Florida State could do it. As I said, I think even an NC State, if they can get in the tournament, is, is capable of it. Remember, we've had teams go to the first four and then advance to the final four. So uh, we just don't know. The key with this whole NCAA tournament thing, first of all, you have to get in, and then you have to be healthy when you're in there. And if you can do those two things, I think that you're capable of winning six games in a row. Last thing for Dan Bonner. We're, of course, focused on this great rivalry game tonight. There's another game this weekend that was once the biggest rivalry game in our neighborhood. Uh, older folks remember when UNC versus NC State was that the, the matchup defined that way. Wolfpack went to the Smith Center and beat the Tar Heels. What are your thoughts about the rematch in Raleigh on Saturday? Again, I think it's one of those situations where North Carolina State has to be able, particularly to score from the three-point line, but they have to be able to take advantage of North Carolina inside. North Carolina is not your grandfather's North Carolina team. They don't have the big, bruising, experienced bodies inside. And so I think if you're North Carolina State, you have to be able to exploit that. But again, I think it certainly helped the Wolfpack to win a game in overtime when they made 15 threes. That would certainly help them again. I know they've changed things over the years at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Do you have a, a much better vantage point when you're calling this game in the Smith Center than you would when it's over at Duke? I, I think that uh, Duke and the, you know, just based on the age of that building, I mean, that building was built before anybody even contemplated games being on the radio. Right. So it's no, it's, it's no knock on the building. It's a wonderful building. It's just more difficult from a television perspective, but the, the vantage point that you have at North Carolina is among the best you have anywhere in the country. Yeah. So 
I really love doing this game, and I really love doing it at North Carolina. Great to have you in the great state of North Carolina. Thank you, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. Thank you. I appreciate being asked. You got it. Dan Bonner on the call tonight with another old friend, Tim Brando. That'll be the ACC Network crew. You, of course, could listen to the Duke crew. You can listen to the Carolina crew on the radio side. You can catch Jay Billis and Dan Shulman and Maria Taylor on the ESPN broadcast. You can be creative that way. Darren, you're going to the game representing the David Glenn Show. You are also a guru on broadcasters, generally speaking. Were you not covering the game in person tonight? You're not such a throwback that you would go radio broadcast while watching on TV. No, are, well, are there, there are delay too many, issues there. There are, and there are also too many uh, good options. Quite frankly, you know how I feel about Dan Schultz.